Rachel watches Star Trek. Bonus content. Hey, Splash. Welcome to Bonus Content. Uh, We are doing Star Trek Prodigy. Yes. The Nickelodeon kids show. And we thought, who better to talk about this show than children? (gasps) There they are now. Whoa. Whoa, 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 whoa. (laughs) Can you introduce yourselves? My name is Finny. I am also eight. I'm Albert Lucky. I'm ten. Star Trek Prodigy started on Nickelodeon in autumn of 2021, and there have been 20 episodes so far. Developed by Emmy Award-winning Kevin and Dan Hageman, Trollhunters and Ninjago. Have you seen Trollhunters? You guys have seen Ninjago. Yeah, I watched some Ninjago, but it seems like the only Lego thing is the people. In my opinion, it's a pretty good movie, but a bit good. The CG animated series follows a motley crew of young aliens who need to become a crew in order to travel the galaxy in search of a better future. These six young outcasts know nothing about the ship they have commandeered, so we can't do a stupid experts category Uh. here. But over the course of the show, they are introduced to Starfleet and the ideals and the technology it represents. We've decided to cover episode one, of course, the pilot, which was released in two parts. Mm-hmm. So we watched both of those. 22, 21 minutes, somewhere around there. So we got introduced to the characters and how they met. And as it ends, we're just about to probably embark on what the show will become. So this is probably not a good representation exactly of what the rest of the show will be. But yes, this is what we've done. It's the setup. So Albert and Finney, what do you know about Star Trek? Well, I know that it's science fiction and they can't go as fast as they can in Star Wars and there is humans called Starfleet but lots of the aliens look like humans but with different heads. (laughs) Yes, that's about how much I knew before I started this show as well, probably more actually. Vinny is a huge Star Wars fan. What do you think it has in it usually? Well, usually it would have them on the Enterprise. Yeah. Solving problems that are happening. Yeah, it's exactly it really, isn't it? And just tell us what kind of cartoons you like and why you like them. I like SpongeBob SquarePants show, which is a very funny show with slapstick humour. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and lots of songs. And lots of songs, yes. And it's also from Nickelodeon. So it's set under the sea and the main characters are a sea sponge, a starfish, an octopus, a crab and a whale and a puffer fish and a plankton and a computer called Karen and also a squirrel. (laughs) Who somehow lives under the sea. So if any of you have discovered Star Trek more recently and realised that there's all the Star Trek, you'll feel in a similar way to the children here who discovered Spongebob and realised that there's, what, 18 seasons of it or something? Oh, no, there's only 12. Oh, there's only 12. Only 12. (laughs) And and then there's also three movies. But you can pretty much spend all of your TV time watching Spongebob, can't you, if you want to? So let's start off with the story of the pilot episode. An alien boy called Dal Harrell 
is trying to escape a prison colony. He, he looks like a human, but his ears are a bit bigger. He's purple. He's got gray and white spiky hair. He also has like a little tail on the back of his head. He does? Oh, yeah. yeah. They are all different aliens and no one can understand each other. Dow is played by Brett Gray, age 26, an American actor and singer known for starring as Jamal Turner in the Netflix series On My Block. A robot comes up to Dow and asks if he's seen Fugitive Zero. He thinks he saw Zero watching him earlier, but he says he doesn't know. When the robot tries to hurt Dow, um, Zero causes an explosion to allow Dow to escape. He runs through tunnels, avoiding robot guards called Watchers. He jumps onto machinery, takes control of a loader vehicle, and rides a gravity chute, but still doesn't escape. At this point, uh, we were thinking, this is kind of like Star Wars. Also, I thought it was a lot like Star Wars and less like Star Trek. Was that good for you then, because you like Star Wars, or was it like a worse version of Star Wars it or was, something? It was good. Not amazing, but it is pretty good. So, meanwhile, a young orphan is delivered to work in the mine, and she's Acadian. You got you called that, uh, didn't Right you? away. Yeah, I'm going, oh my gosh, it's Acadian. <laughs> I get so excited. A Vaunacot named Gwyn threatens the pilot to never bring such a young child again, and we learn that she can translate multiple languages, but shouldn't be speaking for her father, who's known as the Diviner. It was interesting to see Star Trek without the Universal Translator. So all of the other aliens, as we mentioned, can't communicate with each other because there is no Universal Translator, but she can because she just has gone ahead and learned a lot of languages like Uhura did. Yeah. I think the design of her, as little as I know, felt very Star Wars and the sort of massive scale of the rooms and sets. Yeah, I think what makes it feel like Star Wars is that it's very rundown. Oh, piecemeal equipment things are in star trek generally things are very smooth and clean where mm. this is dirty and you know you can see different things are stuck together to make things work so i think that gives it more of a star wars feel yeah it's a mining colony well gwen is summoned to her dad who is kept in a vat of fluid what did you think about that guys it was huh. quite strange because we didn't know how he got inside maybe he's in a prison because he's done something bad you could mm-hmm. see his head a few times when he was, like, talking. Yeah, somehow I think they kept sh- showing the inside of the vat and then the outside. Kind of a point of view of him. Yeah, it was a bit confusing at times. Did you think it was scary? Not that scary. No, I don't think it was scary. Well, a bit strange. Maybe he was too powerful and they kept him in that thing to stop him from doing anything if he gets angry. Ah, right. So maybe powers that kick off once he gets angry. So they've got to keep him under control. Well, I noticed that all of the minions, besides his daughter, are robots. Mm. So they must be programmed to obey his orders. Now, the Diviner is voiced by John Noble. Rachel, you will remember him as Walter in Fringe. Ah, he's great. And we loved him so much we considered naming Finney Walter, but then we saw Breaking Bad and that Walter made us really feel like it wasn't appropriate anymore. (laughs) He also played Denethor in The Lord of the Rings Return of the King, the regent of Gondor. Gwyn is played by Ella Summer Purnell, an English actress best known for her roles in Yellow Jackets, Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children, Kick-Ass 2, Churchill and Army of the Dead. They talk telepathically, her and the dad, and he asks about Dal. She asks to be allowed to question him rather than have him tortured. 
we're being shown in various ways that she's a goodie, aren't we? Dal is trying to escape when he has a conversation with someone he can't see, who can somehow speak his language. Then the Watchers take him to Gwyn, who says that Dal and Zero are in cat boots with each other. Any idea what that means? Uh, I'm not sure if I've even seen a cat in boots before. Because she's learning languages, she's not getting it quite right. She means cahoots. Oh, cahoots? Yeah. Oh. You're in cahoots with Zero. Oh, you guys didn't understand that's what no? was going on? Yeah. And that's why a doll laughs when she says cat boots. Oh, in cat boots with each other. Okay. She offers to free him if he turns Zero in. We found out, we find out Zero is a gender neutral Medusin. Medusins are telepathic, so Doll realizes that's who was talking to him in the cell that he couldn't see. Medusins are from the original Star Trek, and if you look at them, it'll make you go crazy. It'll mess up your mind. Oh, well done. And thankfully, the Medusin is inside a kind of spacesuit that walks, so nobody can see it. Yes, an evolution in the Medusins. They're not just carried around in a box anymore. <laughs> they get their own little body. Gwyn gives him a day to find Zero, last seen in the Northwest Crevasse, where Dahl will have to mine while searching. He's paired with a Brakar, but they don't speak the same language. What is a Brakar? A rock monster. Some are big and some are small. Um, it was wearing a metal kind of suit and it had blue eyes it is red and uh, dal assumes dal assumes it's a big kind of thuggish strong adult monster dal accidentally hits the bricar in the head and discharges the mining equipment into the ceiling of the cave they're in the laser cuts through the rock causing a collapse of the mine around them the Brickar saves Dow, and suddenly they're surrounded by moldy french fries <laughs> that's what you said what are they really just not moldy french fries <laughs> they're crystals aren't they uh, yellow crystals moldy crystals <laughs> you've been in a cave recently guys stump cross caverns and for our prize for doing it we got a real life small geode in Ooh. a rock so you've got your own crystals now yes better than moldy french fries they don't look like moldy french fries they're they're white they're way better than moldy french fries no one wants that they, they just smell like rocks oh that's good well forget about crystals because they have uncovered the enterprise actually it's not i thought it was throughout the whole show oh no it's not the enterprise it's just a starfleet ship you're right but how did that get there i think this might be after the original star trek so an enterprise maybe the same one might have crashed into that mining place. I wonder where the crew all are then if it crashed. Maybe they all got managed to escape somehow in shuttles and then the ship crashed. They managed to get inside, find the bridge and when the Brickar presses a comm badge, suddenly they can communicate and we get this. What did you do? What did you press? I didn't press anything! I... I... I understand you. And you're not a big fella. You're... You're a... What? <laughs> not what I thought. What? What's your name? Del. Rock Talk. Excuse me? My name. It's Rock Talk. Nice to meet you, kid. That thing. It's some sort of translator. Yeah, I know. 
I'm big, not dumb. But it'll be fine. From the looks of it, I take it out of here. Were you guys surprised when the Bracar had a little girl's voice? I was expecting, hmm, maybe there's something here that's not going to be what you think it is. I thought it was going to be a very big grown-up monster, but it was a little girl. I thought it would be like... <laughs> Good morning! My name is Bricka. No. I like more than French fries. Well, what I think is interesting here is that when this Bricar was speaking before, it did have a deep voice. It was oh. like that. Oh, yeah, that's and true. And then once the universal translator kicks in, it's able to not only change uh, the language it's speaking, but the type of person that it would be mm. to try and, which I think is a huge concept, yeah, being able to true. communicate that this is a young child of this particular species and what a young child in your species would sound right. like. Right. Of this gender? Maybe the child's not gendered? It sounds like a little girl to me. Oh gosh, so that voice is going to sound different to every person listening to it then. Yeah. She is also played by a 11-year-old girl, not a um, grown-up uh, pretending to be a kid. For a change. Yeah. Riley, Alice Rocky. Um, so the Brickar is called Rocktop. Then Zero joins them and says, we've got to work out how to get out of here. It'll take at least five people to fly it. Zero is wearing a containment suit. They have been used to torture prisoners by making them go mad. Oh, so they've been making them use their powers to torture. So dark. No, really dark. I don't think it's even a power. It's just a side effect of their existence. Yeah, poor things. Or everyone. How would they uh, give the right answer if they were just mad? If they're using them to torch them to, I guess, get them to say something? Good logic, yeah. Assuming the torture is to try and get information from them, how would that help? Well, sometimes torturers are just cruel and they don't really want any information. They just want to be mean. They can use it as a way to force them to work harder. I wonder how they made the robot suit with the Medusan inside. When they were building it, it would have made them go mad. Yeah, I think Zero says they made it themselves, but don't know how. Maybe they got telekinesis or something. Zero was played by Angus William Jake Imrie an English actor known for his voice work in The Archers. That's a radio soap opera. I thought it was a woman pl- playing Zero. Oh, yeah. Although the voice did seem inconsistent. I-, I think they're trying to, you know, be non-binary about it. He also played young Merlin in The Man Who Would Be King with Patrick Stewart. Ah, he played Merlin, yes. Connections. Dal realises that the Diviner has been searching for this ship. Death. If they're going to get the damage ship moving they need an engineer Dal finds a tellerite called pog played by jason mantisukas from nailed it you know him from the nailed it new year's eve special you really loved him in that didn't you we know him from brooklyn Brooklyn nine Yeah, remember that one where it was New Year's Eve and he kept counting down? Oh, yeah. And he kept going, and then five, four. It... What? No, it's not yet? Okay, sorry. And then when it was the panic button, he just, like, smashed a cup on the floor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Knocked off all of the cakes off the um, shelves. <laughs> Maybe he saw a medusin. <laughs> what? <laughs> no? 
Don't cross the streams. He has um, a robot arm, a big tooth, and a big nose, and very small eyes. Not much hair, but he has a very small beard. And he has a little coat, but it has metal on it. They convince Pog to help by playing on his love of arguing. He says he can have the ship ready in a week. How about a day, says Dal, and Zero reveals, because they're telepathic, that the deal has been made with Gwyn to turn in Zero by the end of the day or suffer. So presumably Dal is planning to get out of there with Zero rather than turn Zero in, but if they don't, it's not going to be good. Meanwhile, Gwyn learns that Dal is no longer where she left him. Rack Tank brings on board a gelatinous being she calls Mirth. The Universal Translator doesn't work on their voice, though. Any ideas why the translator doesn't work on Murph? What I thought at first is Murph was an animal. It's not doing words. But we find out later it's smarter than it seems. Ah, or very lucky. Zero senses that the Watchers are heading for the ship. Gwyn confronts Dal, who says he stumbled on the crystals while trying to find Zero. Dreadnought, who is her dad's henchman, he seems to be a big scary robot with red eyes. He mm. also has a cloak. It's strange when I when robots wear clothes. <laughs> The reason that he was wearing a cloak is because he just wanted to reveal his spider legs later. Oh, yeah. That's a good point, actually. Yeah. Dahl is seized and taken to work on the outer rim where no one survives. From the rim, he is able to talk to Gwyn. They seem to have a history. Then the ground starts to break apart and the thing on his ankle opens so he can escape. But it was a trick to lead the baddies to zero. Dal makes it to the ship and it's ready, but the shields are not. Dal gets onto the roof to fix them, but just then Gwyn arrives. He tries to convince her to join them. I can show you the world. Don't you dare close your (laughs) eyes. It's just like a whole new world. A whole new world. (laughs) Finny looks so tense. (laughs) It's not like that at all. But he's trying to show her the world. They're leaving a planet. He's trying to show her space. I can show you space. I can show you the galaxy. Let's just edit out that part with the singing. (laughs) He hates it when we sing that song. (laughs) Dozens of watchers surround the ship and Dreadnought congratulates Gwyn on finding the USS Protostar. She's shocked to know her father was mining for the ship this whole time. So that's what it was all about. Yeah. They are all taken prisoner. Dal tells Zero telepathically that they should take Gwyn hostage. Pog thinks the plan is good and attacks a Watcher with his multi-mitt, allowing others to run back to the ship. Gwyn is there and she makes a weapon. She has um a tattoo and it makes... She makes it into a little um, sword kind of thing that's very sharp. And somehow it doesn't give anyone scratches when she fights anyone. (laughs) Yeah, it's not very effective, is it? But she holds everyone back. The Watchers, shooting all over the place, dislodges rocks around the ship and it starts sliding off this cliff. The Protostar flies past Dreadnought and the miners cheer as it flies through the mine. The Watchers chase... Gwyn is tied to the captain's chair and Zero pilots them through corridors, scraping and taking on damage as Dahl struggles to repair the shields on the outside. So oh my this gosh. poor kid is holding on to the outside of the ship. Oh, that's so scary. Wait, don't you need five people to fly it and there's only like 
two people flying it right now. I mean, they're doing a pretty good job. Great point, because Gwen's in the captain's chair, but not really doing anything. And then the gelatinous one, Murph, isn't doing anything yet. Well, Dal begs to be let in, but they say, what would you do in here to help? I thought I could be captain, he says. Dreadnought appears on top of the ship with him, and they fight. Is that when he reveals his spider legs? Well, he does a, ca- a-, a bit of like, pew, 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 and then he's like, look at my spider legs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a bit repetitive because um, Dal knocks him off and then he comes back onto the ship. He knocks him off and then he just jumps back onto the ship. He gets (laughs) knocked off and comes back onto the ship, but then he finally gets knocked off. Yeah, I agree. It was repetitive. Dal sends a telepathic message to Zero to turn the ship sharply, which allows him to get away from Dreadnought and bring the shields online. Now Dreadnought is outside the shields and can't get to Dal. He also slips off and turns into a massive cannon. (laughs) That's weird. Yeah. He's like a shape-shifting robot. Mm. I I did like when the shields came on, how he just kind of slipped right off of them. Yay. Dreadnought shoots the exit from the mine, caving it in. Then this happens. There goes our exit. We're going to crash. Can we stop? Unfortunately, I haven't learned that yet. Great. And now we're all going to die. Not yet. We just got to fire the torpedoes. Do we have torpedoes? Then the pew, pew, pew button. I don't see a pew, pew, pew button. Just hit them all until it goes pew, pew. How good are those shields? Not good enough. Prepare for impact. Activating phasers. was Murph, the gelatinous creature who fell onto the controls and activated the sensors and phasers. They escaped the mine and see a galaxy full of stars. They have no idea what to do now. Mm, I wonder if Murph meant to do that or just got lucky. I'm guessing Murph meant to do it. <laughs> that seems a little too lucky <laughs> to be the case. Well, that happens in shows. Yeah, they sometimes have a sidekick who kind of messes things up sometimes or occasionally. Helps by accident, don't they? Or it just falls over. Are you talking about Jar Jar Binks? Is that what you're talking about right now? Uh, yeah. Jar Jar Binks is a terrible character in um, in the Star Wars movie, A Phantom Menace. I hate Jar Jar! <laughs> um, and I wish they would do a redo of that movie without Jar Jar, because he doesn't help at all. <laughs> I like Murph better than Jar Jar. <laughs> Put Murph in it instead. Good. Well, they say, boy, what are we going to do? We're going to need some help. And then we have a voice say, did somebody say help? And it's a hologram of Captain Janeway. She mm. introduces herself as the training advisor. We end with Dreadnought returning to find the Diviner has broken out of his vat, demanding, get me my ship. Ooh, what's he going to do with it if he finds it? So, of course, Janeway turning up didn't mean anything to the three of us. But how did you feel, Chris? Well, obviously, I knew about it because she's ah. all over the the posters and oh, things right. like that. So I knew she was coming. But, yeah, I think it's cool bringing it in, tying up Voyager to it. And she's a pretty respected captain. Yeah. Well, it wasn't really her. It was a AI that took the form of her. Yeah, you guys were trying hard to understand how this concept worked. So let's go into... Concepts! 
I was like, wait, is she just somewhere else and doing that weird phone thing where you, there's a hologram projection of yourself like in Star Wars? Ah, right. So it's just like a video call with grandma and grandpa, but you've got a hologram of them in your room. Yeah, I don't understand how that works in Star Wars. With the phone things, you can't even see the whole person. Somehow the hologram is able to show the back of them, even though the the camera on the hologram is in front of them, so it wouldn't even Uh, know what's behind them. Oh, right. Also, how would the hologram be able to see everyone and know that they're there? She's different. She's a program, and... The holograms in Star Trek can, can have uh, touch because they use force fields. So you can actually physically touch the, these holograms. But they have hollow emitters, which are the things that project the holograms all over the ship, I guess. Or at least on the bridge. We've got AI Janeway teaching people. I guess she's a trainer of new crews. So maybe this is a training vessel? Yeah. All right. Okay. We don't know yet. And I haven't jumped ahead. So this is all new to me as well. So she's a type of... Artificial intelligence that's been programmed to be as much as possible like the real Janeway who used to be a captain. Is it blowing your mind, guys? It sounds like it could happen, but less less real. It's technology, not supernatural, but it's quite weird to imagine. One of the concepts, this whole thing is Star Trek, but it's part of Star Trek that we haven't seen before. It's the criminal world outside of the Federation. Mm. A camp of slaves and criminals that are forced to work. You think Jar Jar might be there somewhere? Mm, yes, I think so. <laughs> no, it's wrong galaxy. It's a galaxy far, far away. Well, maybe he 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 found a portal. Uh, we have an evil robot character that is not an android, mm-hmm. which is pretty rare on Star Trek. Well, it would be too much for their budget to make an actual robot. Yes. Usually. Yeah. We've had sort of totally metal creatures like Nomad before, of course. Mm-hmm. Lately, we're with Data. And Lore. And all the mud bad guys that we had were androids as well, remember? Mm-hmm. So, the android Stellas. We have a Medusa making a body for itself instead of uh, being carried around in a box. And it can actually interact with people who are not blind. Yes. And the Medusin is being used to torture and punish people. That's strange. I wouldn't mm. have thought of using that, a being, to... To harm other people. Yeah, yikes. We've got a, a starship federation uh, that's been abandoned. But how the heck did that happen? I got so many questions. Yeah, we know the time period must be after Voyager. Yes. Uh, but that's about all we know so far. Even though she does have her older hairstyle in this. Also oh, during maybe? It could be before or maybe they oh. based on, on older files of her. I don't know. We'll have to watch more to find out. If you guys had the opportunity to have a holographic trainer or some person come into your room who would you choose it's a bit hard to choose what about somebody that designed a train what what about a holographic sir nigel grizzly probably not him because he's just this old old guy from a long time ago and i don't really know why i would want to meet him what about a holographic pug i've seen loads of pugs before but you wouldn't have to feed it or pick up its poo, and you could just turn it off whenever you didn't want to play with it. I don't want a pet. Okay. <laughs> Me too. I'm very clear on that. Wow. How about SpongeBob? Anything? Uh, SpongeBob. What would you? Th- I guess it's fine. <laughs> he would be so small, though. He's like the size of someone's foot. Hmm. So you're gonna pass on that then. But. But higher and smaller. <laughs> well, the, the holographic captain is kind of a big idea. 
The doctor on Voyager uh, had command protocols. He was a hologram. Mm. Uh, but this AI is based on Janeway. So I wonder to myself, who needs living captains? Oh. Who, who needs a crew if you could just have holograms running everything? Oh, gosh. And I guess maybe the system requirements of having a whole crew of AI would be taxing on the systems mm -hmm. because they probably take a lot of power to make them. Yeah. But still, having AI backups for individuals that, you know, somebody gets in injured, your engineer gets injured, your engineer gets injured, then you could have a holographic engineer pop up, a Geordi, yeah. a Forge yeah. hologram, and he can help. You and that circuit. That's true. Some neat concepts are going on in this show. People want to go to space, though. People do want to go to space. Want to go to space. We also had shields and space weaponry as concepts. And the vat that the guy was being held in for some reason. I would give it a six or seven. From a Star Wars fan. Not so impressed. I would say a seven. Hmm, I wasn't too stimulated by it, I must say. Haven't been given them much thought, I must confess. But it did tickle my imagination to imagine a Star Trek without the Universal Translator. Mm -hmm. Made me value it more, you know. Yeah, yeah. And to have a voice be adjusted to be how I as a human would perceive this yeah. rock character as a young girl. Yeah. Rather than what it actually sounds like. So, um, yeah, I'll give it a seven too. Seven. I agree. Uh, entertainment. Okay, guys. This is pretty simple. Did you enjoy it? And if you did enjoy it, what did you like about it? A five, because uh, some of it was a bit hard to understand for a Nickelodeon kids show. It was, like Finney said, a bit repetitive, and it took them a long time to actually get into space. Uh, there were a few boring bits, but there was also lots of cool stuff. A five. Okay. Yeah, that sounds like a fair summary. Uh, I'm starting to like the rock guy more but i like her better with goggles on yeah i really like the design of that character as well i give it maybe a five or six yes it was a bit hard to understand what was happening in the story but overall it was pretty good the animation was well, when i started watching it it seemed a bit creepy but then as I watched more and more, it um, I got used to it. What was creepy about it? How people had kind of human teeth. Oh, yeah, that made you shudder. It's pretty action-packed. Uh, a lot of boring parts, but not that actually not that many boring parts. Mm. When they were trying to get the engineer guy, that was a bit boring. The talking parts and then the repetitive action parts. And also when... They were talking to the guy in the fluid. I found the animation just slightly off. Like maybe they could have spent just a bit more money on it. The facial Aww. expressions just looked like they were missing a few frames or something wow. for me. Yeah. I felt it was really good animation. I thought everything looked really neat. It's very stylized. The Tellarite, I didn't even realize was a Tellarite until they said he was a Tellarite because yeah. he looked so different. If you put him in a Jeffrey's tube, you'd recognize him. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give him a, I'll, I mean, I'll give entertainment on this. I, I really enjoyed it. I want to watch more and hopefully watch it with the kids. So a six. A six. Okay. Yeah. I, I didn't particularly like Dal, um, huh? either character wise or design wise. Did like Rock Tack, the Rock One and mm -hmm. um, Zero as Zero. well. Yeah. Wasn't particularly keen on Gwyn, but I kind of got where they were going with it and 
good to see that there's a semi-powerful heroine mm-hmm. involved. We don't yeah. know whether she's going to actually want to be part of their crew or not because she's kind of been taken prisoner in a way. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think I agree with a five, actually. I didn't particularly enjoy it that much, but it still seemed like it was well done to a certain extent. Right. <laughs> I agree with what you said about the characters, yeah. So would you watch it again? Would you want to know more and continue? Yes, I want to watch more and do more episodes. Even if we don't do any more episodes on it, would you still watch more? Hmm. Yes. Maybe. Yes, I would. Finny would, maybe. Albie's taking a more mercenary approach to it, like his mother. (laughs) (laughs) We'll only watch Star Trek if it gets me to be on a show. (laughs) Right. Yes. And we're going to do kid value like we did on the animated series. Does it have good moral lessons, teaching you cool ideas? Yeah. What good stuff does it teach you or bad stuff does it teach you? I wasn't expecting that for a Nickelodeon show. Like, I usually think of other things when you say Nickelodeon. What do you think of? SpongeBob and, like, 2D cartoons. Hmm, I don't funny. Know to... Funny, <laughs> silly. yeah, funny, silly. Did it teach you or try to teach you anything good about working as a team or anything else? Not really. They were kind of getting along. In the scale of one to five, it would be... I think three or two mm-hmm. for kids. It doesn't teach you that much except um, what a Medusa is, but not that much. It depends what kind of kid. Well, it's true. It's an adventure action thing. Yeah. The, the heroes are generally nice and good people. The villains are doing terrible things, enslaving people. Uh, it could teach you about working as a team with people who are totally different from you. Oh, but- yeah. Not yeah. a lot of shows do that, of course. Yeah, so it's not really, you know, breaking my brain like going, this is so great for kids. It's like, it's all right. It's good. Yeah. It's fun. It's entertaining. Something about oppression and prison I'm, ethics. <laughs> well, when we were talking on our Patreon group chat, Anne brought up that her kids have been watching the show and they get into some cool philosophical things later, which is more mm. Star Trek. So I think this is just kind of setting up the show and then we'll get into some cool ideas that'll make people think. Yeah, so maybe we should at some point watch another one where, like, if someone recommends to us a, a classic one that, where they have great adventures. Oh, these guys are going to watch the rest whether they want to or not. <laughs> Good luck with that. <laughs> no, 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 I'll watch it. Yay. <laughs> I will as well. Done. A weird thing about SpongeBob is that all of the main characters are different types of sea creatures and then all of the background characters are just fish. All right, I think you're trying to hijack this podcast into being a SpongeBob podcast. Oh, I wish. <laughs> Highly recommended from the younger generation here. I give it a 2.5 on kid value. Yeah, okay. Three. Fair enough. Using the actual middle there rather than the middle we <laughs> created. Sure, yes. I'll, I'll give it a 2.5. Uh, I want to thank you guys, kids, for joining us on the podcast. You've been great. Thank you. Thanks. It's been fun. Thanks, guys. Good job, guys. Uh, and I want to thank you, patrons, because you are our high-level backers, and this is the kind of awesome stuff that you can get. <laughs> I hope you liked it. I hope you liked it. Let us know. And if you don't, if you say you don't like it, then obviously you're a terrible person. Oh my goodness! Because <laughs> these guys are adorable. <laughs> With that, I'm Chris Lackey, and I'm Rachel Lackey, and I'm Albert Lackey, and I'm Finny Lackey, and together we are. The Thunder Lackeys. What? 
What? No, we're not. <laughs> that, that's what's thunder got to do with anything? <laughs> and you're listening to Rachel and Albert and Finney watches Star Trek. Yay! <laughs> Star Trek Bonus content 